welcome to the Lessons for Living television program. My name is Bill Santos. Thank you so much for watching. Well, there's popular teaching among some Christians that states that the secret rapture is a theological event that the Bible foretells will happen during the end times when millions and millions of people across the world will suddenly vanish or, or disappear without any kind of advanced signs or warning. As a result, it says people will be walking on earth one second and then find themselves walking in heaven the next. The rapture will only be for the people who have placed their trust and faith and their salvation on the completed work of the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. People who have not made a decision for Jesus will suddenly find themselves left behind to face the tribulation period and the wrath of God to come. Well, here's my question. Is this teaching found in the Bible? I'm going to ask you to join me in our study today as we ask the Bible about the rapture. Bible prophecy provides some of the greatest encouragement and hope available to any of us today. Just as the Old Testament is saturated with prophecies concerning Christ's first coming, both Testaments are filled with references to the second coming of Christ. One scholar has even estimated that there are some 1,845 references to Christ's second coming in the Old Testament, where 17 books give it prominence. In the 260 chapters of the New Testament, there are 318 references to the second coming of Jesus. That's an amazing one out of every 30 verses. 23 of the 27 New Testament books refer to this great event. For every prophecy in the Bible regarding Christ's first coming, there are eight which look forward to his second coming. You see, it's the hope of the second coming of Jesus that has sustained the faith of Christians throughout the ages. Now, while a majority of Christians believe Jesus will return for a second time, it's how he will return where the divisions begin to appear. Well, let's ask the Bible. The second coming of Jesus in the Bible is the blessed hope of the Christian. Why? Well, let's turn in our Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Down at verse 54, it says, At the second coming, that this corruptible has put on incorruption, and this mortal has put on immortality. A verse 52 says, In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound, and we shall be changed. We will be changed. I mean, think of that. Think of someone lying on a bed of illness, maybe right now with a malignant cancer that is racking their body. And a friend, you're there holding their hand. And that friend reads aloud the words of Jesus. John chapter 14 and verse 2, where he says, I go to prepare a place for you. 
Or think of that person hearing the words of Jesus found here in Revelation chapter 22, verse 20, where we read, He who testifies to these things says, Surely I am coming quickly. Amen. Even so, come, Lord Jesus. I love this verse because it says, surely. I like that, don't you? It's not maybe or perhaps or I think so or I guess so. It's not, oh, it's highly likely. Jesus says, surely, certainly, I am coming quickly. And then the book of Revelation ends with the prayer, come, Lord Jesus. Well, that's been the prayer of every Christian that has lived through the ages. You know, when I open the newspapers and read of the death and the suffering that is going on in this world, you know, my heart cries out, come Lord Jesus. When I think of young people in our cities, in our communities addicted to crystal meth, I cry, come Lord Jesus. When I hear about broken homes and broken lives and despair and the pain that is so commonplace in our world, I say, come Lord Jesus. I mean, you may not be a believer, but I, you, you got to sense it. I know you do down in your hearts, in the inner parts of our soul, that this world is not our home. We were created for something better than what this world has to offer. Something better than heartache, something better than sorrow, something better than pain and suffering. Jesus is coming, but how is he going to come? How will he return? There are so many theories about Jesus' coming, so many different books written about Jesus' coming. Now, to be honest with you, I'm not interested in any theory today. I'm not interested in what human beings have to say today. Today, I simply want to know, what does the Bible say? You see, the devil wants to deceive people on the subject of the second coming of Jesus. Let me ask you something. Do you think the devil knows what the Bible says? Do you think the devil can twist things around to get people all confused? Do you think it's possible that the devil might even want to pull off a counterfeit second coming of Jesus just to deceive people. Now, when I go to the Bible and I study the second coming, the first thing I see is that the second coming of Jesus is a very literal event. Now, when Jesus was here the first time, he took his disciples out to the mount. He held up his hands and blessed them, and he began to ascend. Look at Acts chapter 1, uh, verses 9 through 11. Now, when he had spoken these things, while they watched, he was taken up, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, who also said, Men of Galilee... Why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. 
You see what it says? It says, this same Jesus is coming back in the same way you just saw him leave. Is Jesus coming back? The angel said, yes, he is, this same Jesus. It's a very literal event. But the Bible also teaches that the second coming of Jesus will be a visible event. Look at Revelation chapter 1 and verse 7. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him. The Bible is very clear. How many will see him when he comes? The Bible says, every eye. Now, some have suggested to me that the wicked will not see him when he comes. But is that what the Bible says? Look at Matthew chapter 24, that great chapter on the signs of the second coming. Matthew chapter 24, verse 30. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Do you see what it says? Every eye is going to see Jesus' return. The righteous will see him come, but the unrighteous will also see him come. That's what the Bible says. Now, quickly, let's just look at the same chapter, but now at verse 31. And he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds, from one end of heaven to the other. Now, I don't want you to miss this point. What the Bible is talking about here is the gathering of the elect. It says, he sends his angels with the great sound of a trumpet. Now, let's just stop there. Does that sound like a silent event? Does it sound like a secret event? Does it sound like an event that only a few know about when they, keep, they come with the sound of a great trumpet? I mean, it's true. When Jesus came the first time, there was a babe in Bethlehem's manger. I mean, very few people recognized him. But now, when he comes the second time, this is the climax of Earth's history. He's not going to come sneaking back to take a few with him. This is the climax of history. All history is moving to this one great glorious event, the second coming of our Lord Jesus Christ with the sounds of trumpets. He will gather his elect. The Bible says it is a very visible event. But you know the Bible also says that the second coming of Jesus will be an audible event. In other words, not only will every eye see him, every ear will hear him. 50th Psalm, verse 3. Our God shall come and shall not keep silent. A fire shall devour before him, and it shall be very tempestuous all around him. Oh, let me ask you again, does that sound like a silent secret coming? Let's jump to the New Testament, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, 
beginning at verse 16. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Now, according to the Bible, when do the dead in Christ rise? They rise, the Bible says, when Jesus comes. The dead in Christ will rise. There will be a physical resurrection. But notice what else the Bible says, verse 17. Then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we shall always be with the Lord. So now let me ask you this question. Does it say Jesus' feet touch the earth? No, not now. Where does it say we meet him? The Bible says we meet him in the air. So the righteous dead are resurrected and the righteous living meet Jesus in the air as he comes with the sound of the trumpet. So, just a quick review. We've seen from the Bible that Christ's second coming is a literal event. We've seen that it is a visible event. We've seen that it is an audible event. But the Bible says more. It says Christ's second coming will also be a glorious event. Matthew chapter 16 and verse 27 says... For the Son of Man will come in the glory of his Father with his angels, and then he will reward each according to his works. Now, follow me closely here. When does the Bible say each will be recorded, rewarded according to his deeds? When he comes in the glory of his Father. So, look at what it says. It says, so when Jesus comes in the glory of his Father, that is when each will receive according to their deeds. So the Bible teaches that when Jesus comes the second time, both the righteous and the wicked, both the saved and the unsaved, they will both receive their rewards at the same time. Matthew 24, verse 27 says, For as the lightning comes from the east and flashes to the west, so also will the coming of the Son of Man be. You see what it says here? It says, When Jesus returns, it will be like lightning shining from the east to the west. My Bible also says, the second coming of Jesus will be a climactic event. It is a decisive event in all of history. The coming of Jesus for the second time is the climax of Earth's history. The destinies of all human beings will be decided by the choices they have made, either to accept his offer of love or to reject it. Let me be perfectly clear here. The Bible does not teach that Christ comes and those that are left behind are given a second chance. 
as they go through the tribulation. Who do you think wants you to put off your salvation? Well, wouldn't you say it's the evil one that says, don't worry about today. It's Jesus Christ that appeals to you. You see, when Jesus returns the second time, there's no second chances. Do you know why? Because he's given every one of us thousands of chances in this life. In fact, the Bible is very clear in saying that before Jesus returns, there's the, a decree that will go out to the entire universe. It's found in Revelation chapter 22 and verse 11. He who was unjust, let him be unjust still. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. He who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. You see, the Bible says that when Jesus comes the second time, every human being has already settled their destiny. See, the choice is that we make either to respond to his love or to reject his love. That will determine our destiny. See, there's a battle over every mind. There's a battle over every life. And when every human being has decided for or against Christ, then the door to mercy is shut. Men and women have made their decision. They have settled their destiny. They have made their choices. You see, the Bible says that when Jesus returns the second time, on the earth there will be two classes of people, the saved and the lost. Not three, just two classes. Every man, every woman, and every child will be in one of those two groups based on the choices they have made. The Bible describes these groups. It says that one group, when Jesus returns, will be crying out. This is found in Isaiah chapter 25 and verse 9. Behold, this is our God. We have waited for him and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Now that's one group. That's their response to seeing Jesus return. But there's another group and they have a completely different response. That response is found in Revelation chapter 6 beginning at verse 15. There it says, And the kings of the earth, the great men, the rich men, the commanders, the mighty men, every slave and every free man hid themselves in the caves and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of his wrath has come and who is able to stand? You see? Hide us, they say. Hide us from the presence of Jesus. They want to run and they want to hide from the lamb that was nailed to the cross. Why? Because they have spurned his love. They have turned their backs on him. You know, Jesus comes not first and foremost to destroy. That's not the primary purpose for his return. Jesus comes primarily, first and foremost, to save. But he cannot save 
those that have not chosen to be saved. So, as you're watching here, let me tell you, Jesus wants the kingdom of God to come to your heart today. And once the kingdom of God is within you, and you accept His love, you accept your, His grace, well, then you're ready to live in His kingdom above. But if you keep battling Him down here, if you keep fighting Him down here, if you don't let Him here sit on the throne of your heart, then you're not ready to worship Him on the throne of the universe. But wait a second, Bill. Isn't Jesus coming as a thief? Isn't that what the Bible says? Well, let's, let's look at a couple of verses. Let's first look at Matthew chapter 24, verse 43. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what hour the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed his house to be broken into. So isn't Jesus coming as a thief, somebody says? Well, do you know what the text said? It said, if we knew what time the thief would have come. When a thief comes, he doesn't say, get ready, I'm coming at 2 a.m. Every reference in the Bible to Jesus coming as a thief, now listen, it relates to the time of his coming, not the manner of his coming. He's coming so every eye will see him. He's coming with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with a trumpet, with flashing lightning in heaven. But he is coming quickly and unexpectedly like a thief to those who are unprepared. Look at verse 44. Therefore you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. You see, the reference to Jesus coming as a thief are always references to a time when we don't expect him. Let me show you one more. 2 Peter chapter 3 and verse 10. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Again, someone says, but the day of the Lord will come like a what? Thief. But it says that the heavens will pass away with a roar. Don't miss that. When Jesus comes as a thief, the heavens will pass away. The heavens will disappear. That's when he comes as a thief. Every eye sees him when he comes as a thief. Every ear hears him when he comes as a thief. There's nothing quiet or intangible about the heavens disappearing with a roar. Finally, the second coming of Jesus is a joyous event. It's a glorious event for the saved. Titus chapter 2, verse 13. Looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus is coming again. He's coming in glory. He's coming in power. He wants you saved. Is there anything in your life that would keep you from being ready for Jesus when he comes? Is there anything in your life, some habit, some attitude? 
is Jesus Christ right now, right at this very instant, is he Lord of your life? Have you responded to his love? Have you asked for the forgiveness of your sins? Is he living in your life right now? You see, he wants you and me to live in his kingdom forever. There's nothing more that Jesus wants than you. He's coming for you. You know why? Because he loves you. Let's pray. Father in heaven, thank you for the assurance of the soon coming of Jesus. Father, if there's anyone within the reach of this program that hasn't surrendered their life to Jesus, may they do so right now. Receive the forgiveness of their sins and the cleansing power of the blood of Jesus that they may be ready to meet him when he comes in the clouds of heaven with the shout, with the voice, with the trumpet, for every eye will see and every ear will hear and that they will be able to spend an eternity with Jesus. Make that prayer reality in the lives of each and every one of us, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. I know for some of you watching, this teaching on the second coming is not what you may have heard before or been taught. Um, I've sourced some materials uh, to help you better understand what the Bible has to say about the second coming. It's uh, another special edition of the magazine Signs of the Times entitled The Surprising Truth About the Rapture. I want to send this to you so that you can study for yourself what the Bible says about the second coming. If you'd like to receive this magazine free of charge, no obligation on your part, here's the information you need. To receive today's free offer, you can log on to the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. That's the Lessons for Living television website, www.l4ltv.com. You can also write us at Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. That's Post Office Box 27030, Simcoe Conlon Post Office, Oshawa, Ontario, L1G 0A3. If you live in Canada, this offer will be sent out to you free and postage paid. For viewers living outside of Canada, shipping charges will apply. If you wish, you can order this offer by calling our 1-800 number at 1-800-972-0337. 1-800-972-0337. Operators are standing by now. While on our website, you can leave a prayer request. And if impressed to do so, donate to help keep this ministry on the air. Thank you for your support. Well, we've come to the end of another program. Thank you again. Every week you watch, we appreciate that very much. There's a couple of things I want to remind you of. One is we sometimes can't get all the material out as quickly to you as we would like because we get overwhelmed and inundated with requests, which is a good thing. The bad thing is it means we have to go back and order more, and that sometimes takes a little bit of time. So be patient. If you're still waiting on material, email me, bill at l4ltv.com call the 1-800 number and let us know, hey, I'm still waiting for this and we'll do our best to get it to you as quickly as we can. Don't forget to visit our website, l4ltv.com. All of the previous programs are on there. You can send a prayer request. You can even make a donation to help keep this ministry afloat. 
Also, missionnowcanada.com is our mission work website. Find out where our next mission trip is. Maybe you want to help us and join us and make a donation towards that. We're all out of time. We hope to do this again real soon. God bless you. I hope you'll be here next time. Take care.